boy named Saren was playing with his dogs outside of his remote village of Siberia when he got a little too far from home. He got lost in a forest. A forest that is full of bears and wolves, that has a river running through it called a Minus that, that runs really, really rapidly, that if an adult fell in would really struggle to survive. And the temperatures in Siberia that time of year when he got lost were below freezing at night. Now he had his dogs with him that probably for a while were protecting him and keeping him warm, but, but one by one they all went back home, leaving Saren all alone. Over a hundred people from that village got together and formed a search party, and they scoured every centimeter of that forest. There was a helicopter that they got to, to look from above to try to find any sight of little Saren. And it was after 72 hours, three days and three nights, that they finally found him. And he had some hypothermia, and he was starving, but other than that, he was okay. And, and his uncle was in that search party that, that found him, and, and when he saw his uncle, his uncle just grabbed him in his arms and held him, and Saren immediately fell asleep. Just imagine the sheer terror of a three-year-old boy lost in a forest all by himself. And the exhaustion and the fear and the tiredness that he must have gone through for 72 hours. But then just the, the, the relief and the comfort as his uncle grabbed him in his arms and he just felt so at peace that he was able to fall asleep immediately. Think about the, the terror of the parents, right? Uh, our son Mike, uh, when he was five years old, uh, we lost track. We didn't lose him. We lost track of him for about five minutes in a, in, a, in a museum. And that was scary, right? Five minutes. Imagine three days and three nights losing a child and not knowing if you'll ever see them again. And when you find them, are they going to be dead or alive? Imagine the joy of those parents when that news came back to the village. Your son has been found and he's alive. He's okay. That whole village was in on that rescue, and there was a huge, huge celebration that night he was found. Because what was lost was found, and he was home again safe and sound. Do you know what joy like that feels like? The angels do. Because at one time you were lost. And you were in danger, and you were hungry, and maybe you didn't even know it. But God used someone in your life to rescue you, to find you, to bring you home where you belong. Maybe it was your parents who carried you in their arms because you were too small to walk, and they brought you to the front of a church, into a font, into the waters of baptism, where God claimed you as his own and made you his dear child and gave you the gift of faith and the forgiveness of every sin. Lost and found, and the angels rejoiced that day. Or maybe it was a Sunday school teacher or a pastor through whom you first heard the word of God and, and, and the Holy Spirit worked through that word to bring you to faith in Jesus as your Savior. You were lost and found, and the angels rejoiced. 
Or maybe it was a little later in your life. Maybe even as an adult. And someone came from the local church and they knocked on your door. And usually you don't answer the door, but for some reason that day you did. And they shared with you the sweet message of the gospel. And the Holy Spirit worked. And the angels rejoiced that day, lost and found. Or maybe it was through a family member or a friend who, who saw you struggling, who saw you hurting, who, who was trying to fill that God-shaped hole in your heart with, with so many other things and it wasn't working and they shared the joy and the peace of Jesus with you, lost and found that day the angels rejoiced. Or maybe you were part of this flock and, and you strayed. And God used someone to bring you back. Right? Maybe, maybe you have been led astray by other people, by a career, by an addiction, by, by just trying to, to fill your hunger with, with so many things that can't truly satisfy. And God used someone from your church to reach out and bring you back home, lost and found, and the angels rejoice. It's incredible, isn't it? How for every one of us, God used someone to bring us home, to bring us into God's grace. We were lost and we are found. God used someone in our life in that rescue plan. But it wasn't enough for God to use someone to bring you. Instead, God had to send someone to take your place. And it had to be God himself. It had to be God made flesh in the person of Jesus. And, and it wasn't like little Saren, who faced some bears and wolves for three days and nights. But this Jesus faced that roaring, prowling lion, Satan himself. Not for, for just three days and three nights, but for 33 years. Every step of the way facing temptation to give up every step of the way to give in and just sin and, and, and give up on his mission to save. This Jesus who came, not just to, to face danger, but to go through hell itself and to suffer and die so that you would never have to experience even three seconds of hell. Whose body was laid in a tomb for three days, but then raised again to assure you that death has no power over you whatsoever. The grave is nothing to fear. God had to send someone to take your place in order to rescue you. And why would he do this? Well, just like little Saren, who was never going to find his way home. He was, found, he was found three miles from his home. There was no way he was going to find his way back on his own. But because his parents loved him so much, they were not going to give up until they found him. So too, Romans says, Paul writes in Romans, that God demonstrates his love for us in this. That while we were still sinners, while we were still in our hopelessness, and our state of lostness, Christ died for us. So like Jesus can say to us, you were lost. Even, even if you didn't know you were lost, you have been found. Through my work for you, you are found. And you know what you are found? You are found holy in your Father's sight. 
cleansed of your sin, a child of God, an heir of eternal life. That by God's grace, through faith, you are part of his family. You are home. You are found. And that day, the angels rejoiced over what God did to rescue you. You see, Jesus' rescue plan was to love you enough to seek you, to find you, to give those angels a reason to rejoice. Isn't that just incredible that God would do that for sinners like us? Hopeless, bound for hell, enemies of his, that he would act, that he would come and seek and find and rescue us. What amazing grace that God would show that to us. Does that bring you joy? Does it bring you joy like it does the angels in heaven? I mean, think about what God has done for you and how that changes your life from inside out, how it changes your eternity. I hope that there's nothing else in this life that brings you more joy than that. That God loved you and chose to rescue you. And the angels rejoiced. And I hope and pray that that's not only the one thing that brings you more joy than anything else in this world, but I, I hope and pray that because by God's grace you know it and you believe it and you experienced it, that you want that for everyone else too. Because there are a lot who are still lost. There are many who are living apart from that peace and that forgiveness of Christ. There are many who are bound for hell. That if they would die today or Jesus would come back, their eternity would be eternal separation from the hope of God. And so my question today is, do we care enough? Do we care enough about those who are, don't know that grace of God? Are we willing to put the effort to seek and to find those who are lost? Those who are right now not in the family of God. Those who do not experience and know and believe and trust in his grace to save them. The Pharisees and the religious leaders at Jesus' time didn't really care about the lost. They didn't care a whole lot about the people who were broken and hurting and hopeless. Instead, what they did was criticize Jesus for going to them and seeking them out and wanting to spend time and associate with them. That's what's happening in our gospel lesson. They are muttering, these religious leaders are, are muttering uh, and, and talking amongst each other and, and, and criticizing Jesus because he would eat with sinners. He would spend time with them, right? And these tax collectors and sinners are crowding around Jesus because they know he has what they need. Where are we at in this? With whom do we stand, those Pharisees or with Jesus? Do we care about those who are hurting and broken and lost? Do we care enough about them to do something? If not, is it because we don't really understand what God has done to rescue us? Is that, is that it? 
Do we not quite grasp that? How we have been hell-bound, now heaven-bound, from a, from a slave of Satan to a child of God? Do we not grasp that truth and what that means? Or, or have we become complacent and thought, oh, that's somebody else's job? Or oh, I, might, I, I might have to get my hands dirty and have some hard conversations. Right? Do we love enough? Do we care enough for those who are apart from that love of Christ, who are lost? Jesus says this is important. In fact, Jesus says there's nothing more important than this. He would say that you should be willing to drop everything else to go and to find what is lost. There's nothing more important. He says that my rescue plan, it's your plan too. And to illustrate that, Jesus has two parables in our gospel lesson this morning from Luke 15. He tells two stories to help illustrate what, what we should be busy doing. What our greatest priority should be. Because it's his priority. He tells the story about a man who has a hundred sheep. And one of them goes missing. It wanders off. It gets lost. And he loves every one of those sheep. They, every single one is valuable to him. Every single one of them. Yeah, he's got 99, but that one, he loves that one too. And so he leaves the 99, and he goes, and he is not going to give up his search until he finds it. And he does find it. And when he finds it, he doesn't yell at it. And he doesn't make it feel guilty. He doesn't criticize it. Instead, it's weak. And it's injured. And it's hungry, and it's tired, and so he puts it gently on his shoulders, and he carries it back home. And then, when he gets home, he has a party for a sheep. He gets his friends and his neighbors together, and he says, Rejoice with me, my lost sheep has been found. And then Jesus tells another story. Okay, just in case you don't get it, let me tell you another one. So a woman has ten coins, and, and one of them goes missing. Right? And these coins are, are worth something. These coins are like a, a day's wages. And so you're not going to just let that go. You're not going to just cut, you know, count your loss. You're going to look for it, right? That's what this woman does. Right? She lights the lamp. She sweeps the house. And she will not give up until that coin has been found. She searches and searches and searches until she does find it. And then she calls her friends and family together and says, let's have a party. Let's rejoice because... My lost coin has been found. So what's Jesus' point? Have compassion for what is lost. Seek. Love enough. Don't give up until it's found. Because, because just like that sheep is never going to find its way home again, all by itself. You've got to go for it. And that coin can do nothing in and of itself to be found again. It can do nothing. It needs to be found. Jesus says, love the lost enough to seek and to find. To give the angels a reason to rejoice. He, he ends both those parables with, with something similar, doesn't he? He says, there's rejoicing in heaven. There's rejoicing over the sinner who repents and is brought back to faith, back into grace, back into that love and that forgiveness of their Heavenly Father. 
Jesus' rescue plan is our plan too. To love enough. To seek what is lost. To seek in order to find. So that there might be rejoicing here on earth and in heaven when that sinner repents. And you don't have to go real far, do you? You don't have to go real far to find those who are lost. We live in a city, right? Just our city of Gilbert is a quarter of a million people. And how many people right here in our city are lost? Who don't know that grace of God? So many who, who might be in other churches but are hearing nothing but this is what you have to do to earn God's love. This is what you must do to get to heaven. Instead of hearing this is what has been done. That you are saved by grace through faith and not of anything of yourself. There's so many people who are trying to find their worth and their value and their purpose in this life. right? In their careers, in their family, in, in so many outward things. And inside are empty. Because that God-shaped size hole in their heart will fit nothing else but him. You don't have to look real far in our community to find people who are lost, who are hurting, who are broken, who might look nice and squeaky and clean and shiny on the outside, but inside are broken and feeling hopeless, without purpose, and having no clue about what their eternity is. You don't have to go real far. Because I know you have a community of people right in your life. People that you know. Neighbors. Maybe someone who lives right next door to you across the street. Maybe, maybe it's a coworker. Maybe, maybe it's a family member who lives right in your own house. Who's hurting? Who's lost? Who does not know that peace and that forgiveness of Christ? Who needs to be sought? But we need to pursue so that they can be brought home, so that they can stand in that grace of God and know what is theirs through Christ Jesus. <laughs> and here, in this church, there are those who have strayed. There are those who have gone away. Those who have, for one reason or another, separated themselves, gotten lost, even if they don't know it. And maybe are living in fear, in guilt, or, or some tragedy has happened in their life and they don't think that God loves them and cares for them. And, and we as a church, as a family of believers, have that opportunity to go and to seek and to find and to bring them back home so that there can be rejoicing here and in heaven. Rafael Nadal was playing an exhibition tennis match against John McEnroe a few years ago and, uh, in Spain. And he was about ready to serve. And all of a sudden, a woman started yelling. She was yelling the name, Clara, Clara, Clara. And it didn't take real long for everyone to figure out what was going on. This woman had lost her daughter in a crowd of people. And immediately... 
They didn't care about uh, interrupting a professional sports match that's on TV. Every, it, so many people in that crowd started shouting, Clara, Clara, Clara! And it only took a few seconds for them to find this little girl, and she wasn't even that far away from her mother. But there was an eruption of applause when that mother and daughter were reunited and hugged, and, and there were some tears, and even John McEnroe had some tears. Yeah, John McEnroe was crying a little bit. <laughs> What's the point? The lost are right among us. You don't have to go real far. And to see the lost be re reunited with their Savior. To see them experience that love and that forgiveness that, that is theirs through their Savior Jesus. And to know that and believe that and to, to rest in that is something that should cause us to rejoice. And to shout and to go and to pursue to seek and to find. Friends, Jesus' rescue plan is our plan, too. Now, Jesus did all the hard work, right? <laughs> he came and he lived the perfect life for us sinners. He came and he suffered hell. He came and he died. He did that hard work. Oh, what do we have to do in that plan? We just get to point to the one who did the saving. We get to share the one who loves everyone who died for all, who loves all, and so we love all too. Because Jesus died for them as he's died for us. And, and this is not something that, that we as a church, that we have to do. This is something that we get to do, that, that Jesus entrusts to us his church to carry out his rescue plan. That we have a part to play in this. This is something God calls us to do. And how can we not? Right? When we know that grace of God that has changed us, that has changed our outlook on this life completely, that has changed our eternity, how can we not want others to experience this grace? How can we not want others to be brought back home and to know that peace and that love and that forgiveness we do? How can we not when it's the command that Jesus has given us? to seek and to save, to share the message of the gospel, right? When Jesus, our Savior and our Lord, has entrusted this mission to his church, to every one of us, how can we not want to look around and see who in my life do I need to share the sweet message of the gospel with? Who needs to be found? Who is lost who is outside that grace of God that he wants to welcome home? This series that we're in is called Welcome Home. And that implies some things, doesn't it? That this is a home. This is a place where everyone is welcome. No matter what the background is, no matter what the history, no matter what past sins, that we are called to seek to find. We're called to rejoice here when, when a sinner is brought home and experiences that love and that peace and that forgiveness of God, right? That all are welcome here. And that this is a home where people can feel safe and feel loved and know that they are cared for by God's family and by their Heavenly Father who has loved them and redeemed them and restored them and given them a hope and a future. 
And so I think it's time for us, church, isn't it? It's time to make a plan. What are we going to do with a city that is lost and hurting and broken? What are we going to do to share the grace of God? How are we going to put ourselves in positions like Jesus did to spend time with those who are lost, to go to them so that we can share with them? I think it's time for every one of us to, to look at our lives and, and, and make a plan. How am I going to seek the lost in my life? The people right around me every day who are hurting and broken and, and lost. What opportunities is my Savior placing before me to share the hope and the peace that I have? It's time. It's time for us to do something because the time is short. God has given us today to go. To go and carry out his rescue plan. To go and to seek, to go and to find, to love enough to want to see sinners become saints. To change eternities from hell to heaven. To give the opportunity for angels to rejoice over and over and over. And that we too can rejoice for that amazing grace of our God that has made us his and that he's given to us to share. God will do it through us. Amen.